Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. My name is Chris Hassler. I'm a uh, merchandising coordinator here. Oh, we're out of order today. My name is Quinn. <laughs> I'm also a merchandising coordinator. I'm Will. I'm a social media coordinator. And yeah, you'll notice there's a voice missing this week. Our, uh, our cohort, Thomas, the uh, right. merchandising manager, he is not able to join us today. So uh, He is buried under planning for holiday. Yeah, yeah we are building up. Like We always have something big going on at the end of the year that yep. you should be excited for. But he is <laughs> sacrificing himself to make it the best <laughs> he can. And so uh, he's sitting out this episode. So it's just going to be the three of us. Hopefully you won't feel too left out. But uh, we've got a lot of fun <laughs> stuff to talk about this week. Um, we're going to hit a lot of fun things. But the first thing we're going to talk about, what we have been up to, uh, we just got back from Anime Fusion this past weekend in uh, Plymouth, Minnesota, which is a, a western Ooh. suburb of the Twin Cities. <laughs> I actually went myself, and this was my first convention outside of Iowa. I had worked one in Des Moines and one in Ames since I started with the company, but this is my first time road tripping. And it's just, it was a lot of fun. It was a smaller convention, but a very nice uh, great way to meet a lot of people. We had a lot of fun there. Uh, some cool folks. We had, a, I believe her name was Morgan Barry. She's a voice actress who worked on a lot of titles, uh, specifically like uh, our coworker Jocelyn was super excited because she worked on free. Yep. Uh, she's yep. also done like uh, that time I was reincarnated as a slime, Token Ronbu, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, French animated series Miraculous. But uh, she was super nice. Um, she sat across us for almost the entire convention, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> um, I fanboyed out a little bit. Uh, Tony Oliver, who is a direct, he's currently directing a JoJo's Bizarre Adventures dub, mm -hmm. as few as, as as well as a few other things. But to me, he will always be Rick Hunter from Robotech. <laughs> so uh, it was kind of cool to get to see him in action. So I had a great time. Mm -hmm. But uh, that has been what we've been doing as a company, and we're gearing up for more stuff, which we'll mention later on in the show. Uh, we're working at another convention here in just about a week and a half. Mm -hmm. But uh, busy in the meantime, yeah, we are keeping very busy. But uh, first up, let or first up, we've already said some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Next up. Next up, let's talk about what's going on in some anime news. Uh, first thing, we finally have a theatrical release for Weathering With You. We are the Makoto Shinkai movie. Yep, yes. so excited for the next one from the director of Your Name mm -hmm. and so many other great movies. And if you uh, listen to a previous podcast, we talked about a lot of his films, and I don't know why I'm so excited now that I'm thinking about what I had to watch in those previous <laughs> ones because he's kind of a one-trick pony at the end but I'm still excited it looks very pretty yeah, yeah. go back and listen to that episode it was, I think it's one of our best that we've done so far mm -hmm. but uh, it's going to be January 15th and 16th uh, the screening's a special fan preview according to Anime News Network with some bonus content mm -hmm. before G-Kids outright opens the movie in North America on January 17th yep. uh, goes live on Fathom Events on November 15th yep for you to go buy tickets yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty excited about this one I've heard, it's been dominating the Japanese theaters yes yep. um, so. it, it gave uh, Avengers Endgame quite a fight during this past summer <laughs> from what I recall so mm -hmm. but yeah definitely a lot of hype for that one and then Personally, another one that I'm super excited about on December 5th, uh, we are getting a theatrical showing for Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack. Um, this is a subversion of the movie, and it is the movie that culminates the great struggle of the Universal Century between 
Amaro Ray and Char Aznable. Um, it's a, in celebration of the 40th anniversary, and they're also giving us an exclusive interview with uh, Yoshiyuki Tamino, who is one of the creators of Gundam, and uh, content from this year's uh, panel coming up. Uh, Anime NYC is coming up in a few weeks, and he is the guest of honor there, and yeah. so some of that is going to be included as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know about you folks, but I'm pretty hyped for that. I'm pr I'm pretty excited. I, I watched the movie trilogy, so like I've been sucked into the Amuro Char rivalry, oh, yeah. and I want to see how that's resolved. Yeah, and I'm I obviously I've talked about it here. I've watched just about everything Universal Century, and so like Char's <laughs> counterattack. It's one of those things where it actually pays off. It's such a good finish to that struggle. And I'm excited to see it on the big screen. Just something I thought maybe would never happen mm -hmm. in the United States. So, pretty hyped for that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, next up, let's uh, let's talk about what we've been watching lately. Something we usually do around here because we've got a few shows we really dig. So, uh, Will, if you want to kick that off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, as I'm sure you all know, the fall's anime season started in and... So far, I've been really busy, so I haven't been able to catch catch those shows. But I have been able to catch some of the shorter shorter shows, uh, mainly the good old return of the greatest anime of all time, <laughs> Bananya. Bananya, yeah, <laughs> That was a good. That was a good imitation. There. Thank you, especially since I have seen clips of the show and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're pretty much watching the whole episode. Like episodes last like three to five minutes, so. <laughs> Fifteen second clips is more like what I was talking about. <laughs> Mostly, I was seeing this cat pop out of a banana, and I'm going, "Why?" Because <laughs> it's stinking cute. They yeah. are stinking cute. They're stinking cute, and now that they're on like an alien planet, we're all we're. <laughs> Wait, of, what? what? Yeah. So, so they've changed up the continuity a little bit. <laughs> no so no. I guess the bananas also came or lived lived on an alien planet that are populated by bananas. So they have oh, no. all these different types of bananas now. You know what this means? More plushies of banana cats. Exactly. I, I've collected all like all five of them that Aww. released like a couple years ago. Nice. nice. Like now I'm excited for more banana plushies. Because nice. we get things like ninja banana, oh. and we also are going to get like a cop banana. Which <laughs> yeah, like so the oh. cop banana he has like a cop hat, you know. But he also wears sunglasses, oh, and he's sweet. got that that uh, bushy mustache. The cop sash. Oh yeah. man! Oh, that sounds so And he's so got good. a little tie too. Oh my goodness! <laughs> he looks pretty great. He looks like if you, if you ever read the comic strip Axe Cop. Oh, I love Axe Cop. Yeah, he look he it looks like Axe Cop if he was a banana. That's awesome! I can't wait for Internal Affairs Banana. <laughs> HR Banana. <laughs> Just let's do the whole intro to Brooklyn Nine Nine, but with banana cats. There we go. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so yeah. that's that's been a that's been a joy to watch for mm -hmm. five minutes uh, five minutes a week. <laughs> but when I'm not haven't been watching it, I've been watching Psychopaths mm -hmm. during that time. It's my first time watching it, so I decided to give the first season a shot. Ah, uh, so the beginning of it. Yeah. Okay. And. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I liked it. Mm -hmm. I, I like the I like the pace of it. It's very mm -hmm. fast, but you also are able to get a lot at mm -hmm. the same time. And I really enjoy like the direction. Apparently, they were able to get 
uh, a director who works on like live action cop shows in oh. Japan, as well as an animator to help him guide him guide through the storyboarding process and stuff. And okay, it really shows. Like there's yeah. some like creative cuts and framing and that that you just don't really see in a lot of anime mm-hmm. around these days. And uh, I'm gonna butcher his name, but the writer for it, Jen. Urubichi. He also did Madoka Magica and like the Fates, mm. the Fate series. Oh, wow. Okay. Like he was also the writer on this, and you could definitely tell he wrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of heady philosophical yeah. philosophical stuff <laughs> in that show. But I watched it a number of years ago, and I remember that the the guns that they use like that was really intriguing even though I honestly don't remember what the heck was yeah. so intriguing so, about them. so the idea of like the whole idea is that there is this massive system called the civil system which is able to keep track of like your emotional state so to mm. speak or your attitude and if it gets if your emotional state gets too cloudy or like negative or mm. whatever like you you're liable to get arrested like on the spot <laughs> So, like, a person could get depressed, and they could get arrested because they're depressed, and then they have to go through, yeah. Hmm. But then, well, like, usually when stuff like that, like, in that specific example, they would go through, like, therapy (coughs) and then just, like, be released. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, going to rehab and then it's going out. Mm -hmm. But, like, other times, you know, you got people that, like, actually murder other people, you know. And so those guys, those guys, depending on how, how... quote-unquote cloudy your mood is or how mm-hmm. high your emotion score so to speak is like the, like the gun will ch- change its settings based on that okay so like you could That's go right. from like being paralyzed to being blown to like being imploded or exploded hmm. with oh. the, from your body parts okay. So yeah, it's judge, jury, and executioner all in the gun, yeah. based on a based on a system that you find out isn't really reliable. This sounds like that one Tom Cruise movie. Oh, Minority, Minority, Minority Report. Report. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With a little bit of like Clockwork Orange or something in there, yeah. like just manipulating moods and stuff like that. Uh huh. I remember thinking that when I watched it too, and I mean, they're they're similar vibes, but they're still very different shows. Yeah. So yeah. I have to check that one out. I yeah, check that one. Yeah, it's often recommended as like a gateway anime, and I could totally see why. It 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 it's very similar to like a crime procedural you might find on like network TV, but it's also got that edge and depth that you wouldn't really get from that yep. from a network TV cop show. Mm-hmm. And so, it's got a third season airing this. Yeah, season? actually, okay. yeah, I think yeah. the first episode came out just like a day or two ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I might watch the second season. I've just heard really bad things about it. I so have not I, seen the second season. Yeah, so... Uh, maybe yeah. that'll just make season three that much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. always the middle child movie slash TV series. <laughs> yeah. That's always the scapegoat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see about that. But in the meantime, now that I heard that Char's Counterattack is coming and it's got a release and it's got like an actual premiere date, mm. I got to go and watch... Watch some of the Gundam shows because yes. I've already seen the original uh, movie trilogy, mm-hmm. so I really like really enjoyed that. So now I'm going to start uh, start off Zeta Gundam, yeah. which I heard is really really good. And I watched the first episode yesterday, 
And I thought, yeah, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get your usual Tomino shenanigans. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It's it's like having Camille freak, just absolutely freak out oh, whenever. Man. Camille, whenever, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Oh. It's like whenever he mentions, oh, is that a girl's name? And he, he just immediately goes and, like, kicks and, like, punches people. Right. He's He, he was really aggressive in the first episode. Oh, yeah. Like, he... Like he, like he got arrested and then he could have gotten off scot free, but he decided to kick, he decided to kick the cop, you know, cop instead. Yeah. Instead of being released, so like. And then he finds a giant robot. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes, but I'm I really want to watch that because yeah. I really want to see how like Char and Amur like change and like see how the new characters. Yeah, it's 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 a great series. It's probably my favorite of the uh, Universal Century series. Um, it does go to some dark places, though. It's it's a bummer. But, uh, yeah, but it's, it's great, but it's a bummer. But yeah, it's such a good watch. It's just like it's dramatic. It has a lot of great action, amazing mecha design. Just it's everything you want in a Gundam series. And also, it's interesting because it kind of flips the dynamic. Because in the original series, it was the Earth Federation versus the Zeon, and now the Earth Federation has gotten a little corrupt with the Titans who are just sort of trying to take power under, into their own hands, and now the colonies are fighting back against them, so it completely flips the dynamic. Huh. That sounds, yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm, yeah. Yeah, especially like how different that is from the original series. That would be interesting to see how they play it, how that plays out. Yeah. And then I guess once I finish that and I still have time, I might check out uh, Gundam Double Z. Double Zeta. Yeah. Uh, Double Zeta. Um... You know, like, I mean, I heard it's supposed to be kind of important, especially if you go on to watch Unicorn, mm. but I've heard just, like, not so great it's, stuff about it. It is very different from original Zeta. Uh, it gets a little bit weird, a little bit out there, but uh, I, I like uh, the lead character, Judo Ashta, and his crew a lot, and uh, it's, I, I like they, the, once again, really good robot designs. Um, the villains are a little bit more dramatic, but there's also a lot of cool um, stuff going on between them. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much from Zeta, so I'm not going <laughs> too deep into it. But yeah, it does get a little bit silly at times. But that, that, at the same time, it's kind of nice after what you will see in Zeta Gundam and <laughs> Z Gundam. It's, it gets a little rough. But uh, also, I had to cue this up for you because it delights me. Double Zeta has one of my favorite theme songs of all time for an 80s anime. I won't pay a lot of it. But what they were just shouting there was, it's not anime, it's not anime, all of this is real. That is the theme song for this. And it's just ridiculous, but it's very 80s, and it's a lot of fun. And I, I don't even know if that's going to come over on the mic, so maybe you might just want to dub that in later. But I like it, but it's definitely not the same as Devil Zeta. Um, one thing I will also say, if you're watching this, it might be a good idea to go back and watch Gundam 0083. Because that is a great bridge between the original Gundam and Zeta Gundam. Because it shows sort of the dark turn where the Federation becomes... Or the Titans sort of start to gain power there. So, something I will be like, yeah, definitely check that out. Cool, yeah. Alright, I'll give it a shot. I'll have to give it a shot. Alright, Quinn, what have you been watching lately? Well, when the last season ended, I had a couple weeks of 
there are no shows that I'm watching. What the heck do I watch? <laughs> the Dead Zone. Yeah, kind of. So I've been putting off watching the second season of March Comes In Like a Lion because there was a break between it and the first <clears throat> season. Needless to say, it's been a long enough break for me that I needed to watch all of it again. <laughs> so I started from episode one and have binged up through half the second season. And I mean, the first half is really focused on shoji, which is kind of like chess, but it's from Japan, I believe, for a board game. And it's very intricate. I don't, they even have like a cute little let's dumb it down for the children in the story to explain it to the audience. And I'm like, <laughs> I still don't know what the heck's going on. I just know you capture the king and some pieces move like chess pieces, so mm. it's chess. Uh, and it's really focused on uh, Reyes, the main character's struggle to be a professional shoji player when he became a pro in middle school, so he's like one of five that have turned pro at such a young age. So he's got a lot of pressure from the shoji, shoji, g, e, whatever, uh, community <laughs> that are a bunch of older guys that probably are not happy being upstarted by this young kid. Mm -hmm. um, but he's very low key and doesn't have much emotion. And as mm -hmm. the story progresses, you find out why he's really honestly depressed and just not dealing with it. He's, he's running away from the problems. And within his world, he happen chances to meet these three sisters who have lost their mom and their dad's not in the picture. So they're kind of in the same situation he is. And he finds their hospitality very comforting, but then he feels like he's taking advantage of it. So he fights with himself on being comforted by them, but not taking advantage of them so they kind of try and pull him into their world and welcome him regardless of what he thinks he's, he feels because he's wrong according to them um, and then moving into the second season it focuses way more on the sisters and their struggles and turns way more personal and you actually forget that it's a game or it's a show about shoji shoji Shogi, it's Shogi. <laughs> I'm gonna get that wrong all this time just because. So yeah, the sisters, um, Hina, who is the middle child, who she's in middle school and Ray is now in high school. Um, she begins to get bullied and it kind of delves into the emotions that she's feeling and how that reawakens Ray's own struggle and then he wants to help her and that's about the point where I'm at now so I don't know how it ends but there's like no main spoilers in there either because it, it's a natural development of personal struggle. And I really like these kind of shows because you have such character development and such depth mm -hmm. to them. Um, there's also a um, kid that's about the same age as Ray in shogi tournaments and he has self-declared himself Ray's rival. Well, and of he, course. He's, he's the loud, obnoxious kid, but he's not like your typical rival of yeah, let's do battle, I'm gonna do you in. He, he sees Ray as, you're my rival and we both need a rival in order to, to get better. Ah, okay. So he's like really a positive um, friend who has also proclaimed himself Ray's friend and Ray is just, he, he's like, how did this happen? I'm a nobody, why do you, no, you, okay, fine. <laughs> and he just kind of gives in. And um, Nikaido, I just uh, went through some episodes where it explains his background because you can tell something's been going on, but they never get to it until the middle of the second season. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this kid is dealing with stuff too. So there's a whole bunch of people that are probably 
have a really good reason to be depressed in their world, but they're still fighting and, and finding the happiness in their lives. And it has Shogi as a base for it. And if you're really into that, I'd say that this is probably a good way to kind of get a feel for the game. And I'm like, it's chess, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, shows like Chihaya, Hafuru, uh, and, and Haikyuu, they really get you into the sport too, and you're really there. To me, I'm not quite as pulled in, but it's also a way low-key sport where two people just are staring at a board and moving pieces. And apparently these games must go on for hours because they have a lunch break, the the time lapse in the show, like they start at 10 a.m. for their their uh, uh, game matches, and they're still there when it's dark. I'm like, how long are you playing this? And then my, my legs are going, how come your legs haven't fallen asleep yet? Because <laughs> they're sitting on the little mats on the pillows and the tatami floors. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's discipline right there, guys. Seriously. Nice. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of like like... Like, the first thing when you started describing it, it clicked in my head of Hikaru no Go. Oh, yeah, But yeah. this seems yeah. to have a lot more depth to it, too. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Um, what little I know of Hikaru no Go is, <clears throat> is that's probably a little more focused on the game itself. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, like I said, the first season, it really does have more shogi in it. Mm. But, yeah, the second season... Like, I had to get the tissues out. It was like happy tears going on. It was like, oh my god, these poor characters. Nice. So yeah, I'd highly recommend it if you like a lot of character depth and um, good character development and plot. So it's, it's very good. And so they've nice got story. some interesting visuals too. Like wow. when he is like in her turmoil, they kind of make, I, I guess I'd reference it to like chalk kind of designs mm -hmm. and it's it's very intense and sometimes they go grayscale and black and white and just kind of oh, fling the camera around in his like inner thoughts mm -hmm. so there's some there's more than just happy watercolors that it looks like it, it is <laughs> so yeah and character designs are nice and and like sweet oh and the one thing i don't get which i have to say it's cute and i like it but at the same time why the cats that the sisters own, they talk, but not to the girls. It's like you hear their inner thoughts, like they're like begging for food and you will hear the cat just kind of echoing, say, for the viewer's amusement. Are you gonna feed me now? I'm dying, I haven't been fed forever. Meanwhile, on screen text says liar, only been fed a half hour ago. <laughs> so the cats are there wow. for amusement, I guess, but I've never understood why you can hear the cat's thoughts, but whatever, I'll deal. I'm, I'm halfway through the second season, I'll deal. Doesn't hurt about have a little bit of comic relief in that kind of show. Yeah. It, it doesn't, so. but what was funny is like, I just hit some episodes where I'm like, does nothing else that's an animal talk? And suddenly there were dogs barking at them because he was loud. He's like, oh my gosh, there's a person over there. You were loud. Bark, 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 bark. And I'm like, at least something else talks now. The cycle has been completed. So, it's hey, just, hey. No, that just makes it sound even stranger because like, oh yeah, board game meets emotional anime meets sentient dogs. <laughs> I mean, the... The whole inner thoughts of these animals, it's like literally what people would personify onto them. So it makes uh, sense, but in the same sense, I'm like, why is that even there? It's cute. I, I, I gave in. The cats are cute. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, that's the one thing I've been watching for the past few weeks. Awesome. Uh, me, I've been watching a couple of things. The one I've gotten into, I finally got around to it. You mentioned this to me a few months ago, Quinn. <laughs> uh, the series Fastest Finger First. 
I was making a joke when I mentioned this, and then suddenly there was bonding going on in our, our little department, because two of you have uh, it, done this before. Yeah, we were Quiz Bowl veterans, so it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> and I mean, I've, I mean, I still live the gimmick. I still play pub quizzes now, and then I host pub quizzes twice a week on the regular. But, um, like, this spoke to me very much. It was a, it's an anime about a uh, high school pub quiz, or pub quiz, high school <laughs> pub quiz, whoa. <laughs> Very different in Japan. Now, just a high school quiz bowl team of sorts, um, based around a kid named Shiki, who uh, was sort of a loner. His never really had any friends. He would just sit in the library and read all day instead of going to recess, and just absorbed a ton of knowledge. And when he comes to high school for his first day, um, there's it's club recruitment day, and one of them is just like the quiz competition club, and Gakuto this. Super aggressive captain pops up and is like, you should try out for our team. Here's a hundred question application. Try this out. And he goes to the library and just sort of figures out all the answers by himself. And then randomly a cute girl trips over him. Of course. Oh, of course there's a fan service moment in there that he gets. <laughs> but uh, he noticed that she also has the same questionnaire. And she's been putting weird marks in there. Mm. And... They finally all end up in an assembly, and he gets randomly picked to be in a quiz competition to show off the quiz bowl team. And it is not like what I'm used to, which is just ask a question, write it down, hand it in, or take your turns answering. It is buzzer-based. And so it's where the name comes from, fastest finger first. And the marks that she's done on each of the questions, it's just like, this is the optimal time to buzz in because... You've heard enough of the question that you can eliminate everything else. And it's weird because to me being like actually knowing trivia stuff, it's more focusing on like timing than actual questions. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of funny the way it works. And so the kid turns out to be a natural at it. And so does the girl. And so they end up making like joining the school team and bonding, and so it's going to be an adventure about that. I'm only about two or three episodes in, so I'm still mm. learning the world a little bit. But, like I said, it just speaks to me. Like, it's fun to see the quiz bowl competitions of other countries just to see what it's like <laughs> and uh, be, like, able to answer the questions myself, too, sometimes. So it's very deep, very uh, heavy, like, history, philosophy, mm. uh, classical literature, things like that. Oh, so, so you could get even more out of the show, then. Yeah. yeah. Nice. You can get an education. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything but, uh, I learned, I learned from anime. <laughs> yep. Which is uh, really going to help me out with this other series, too, because I'm not really learning anything from <laughs> it. So um, my roommate decided on the suggestion of a friend because he'd been watching a lot of stuff, a lot of heavy stuff lately, like Steins Gate and Erased. And I think he was looking for something fun, and I was like, I'm riding along because this sounds like a blast. We are watching the original Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're not familiar with the original one, uh, obviously this show came out before Dragon Ball Z, and it has nothing to do with Dragon Ball Z for the most part until you actually get later on in the series. Um, But it's got Goku, but Goku is just a little kid about like the age of where Gohan was when he's Mm -hmm. introduced in Dragon Ball Z. And he's just this goofy little kid with the tail who's been living in the woods and one day Bulma stumbles upon him and she's like, oh, I'm looking for these Dragon Balls that Grant wishes. And he's like, well, my grandpa's over here. And she's like, oh, wait, that's a Dragon Ball. That's not your grandpa. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and they go on an adventure, and he's like, oh, yeah, I get to see the world. And so him 
trying to get used to technology and stuff like that because he's just lived in the woods and hunted <laughs> bugs and eaten animals his whole life. And so there's a lot of fish out of waterfront. Uh, you get the uh, Emperor Pilaf and his crew trying to collect the Dragon Balls to make him king of all the world. And it's very silly, some fun, like, like we, the, the weird new world that Dragon Ball had, uh, Dragon Ball Z and Super has, is already there. There's, like, dinosaurs flying around, giant creatures and everything. This explains so much of Goku's personality in exactly. Dragon Ball Z now. Yep. <laughs> I didn't realize he had, like, no contact with humans. Yep, oh, it, it was okay. just him and his grandpa Gohan. <laughs> it was a Dragon Ball? Uh, well, no, he, he was alive once and then passed away, but, but then treated the Dragon Ball as him. Okay. Oh, oh now we're Wilson. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh. So. oh, now I get but it. Yeah. That makes sense. Did he, does he draw, like, eyes and noses on, on mm, Dragon Ball? Not quite, no. no. <laughs> but um, it's, it plays a lot differently, because instead of just being like, oh, here's this big, heavy threat, we must fight... Um, it's just a very fun adventure show, and you can see it borrowing from Journey to the West, because he has his magic extending pole, just like classic Son Goku does, and he gets his Nimbus Cloud in that series, where he gets to fly around, and it's just, just them meeting a lot of the characters that become regulars later on, like Master Roshi, and Krillin, and Yamcha, and then other characters like uh, oh, what is her name? There's a there's another bandit they meet. I think her name is Lunch or something. Lunch, Lunch, Lunch. Yeah. L A U N C H. Yeah, yeah, she she got cut from the U S. release of Dragon Ball Z at oh, one yeah. point, so oh, a lot yeah. of people didn't know who she was until yeah. like all the purists came out and were like, "We're missing characters." <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, later on it goes to more of the fighting tournament style, and Piccolo shows up, and mm. in this case, he's a villain trying to take over the world before yeah, he yeah. ends up helping them out in Dragon Ball Z, but it's fun to see them build the blocks they would just build on, mm. and just get on like the boat early and just have a blast with this before it becomes 20 episodes of a guy standing there holding his fist out going, ah. <laughs> No truer words have ever been, before. <laughs> but no, definitely, it's, it's, it's an old school blast that I've really enjoyed so far, so. Good. All right. Uh, with that covered, let's, uh, let's go on to the main thing that we were thinking about talking about. This one's been on the back burner for a little while. That's because we've been questioning ourselves. <laughs> it's like, how much should we reveal? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I have no shame when it comes to stupid stuff I like. We were going to talk about some guilty pleasure anime. And uh, so, yeah, the things that, like, you know, we feel like maybe we shouldn't admit publicly, but of course we're going to post it on the internet for you folks to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. We, we're being a little bit brave today, at least. Please, please be kind. So, uh, that's the reason why Thomas didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Mr. I Hate Fan Service, and then his favorite show is going to be, like, Queen's Blade or something. <laughs> We're so relaying that to him now. Your favorite show is now Queen's Blade. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he gets for missing the show. Yeah, we're, we're just we going to mix stuff up. So, anyway, Quinn, if you want to start off the discussion. No, no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I picked a manga, and I really should not admit to this, because <laughs> prefacing, I, I support the Me Too movement, but at the same time, this thing is so terrible. Um, for for uh, female progress, uh, 
now that's just killing everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is called Interspecies Reviewer, and the whole premise is some guys that are very horny that frequent a red light district made up of nothing but places that you can go and get your gig on uh, with <laughs> fantasy girls. And by fantasy girls, we're talking monster girls of various sorts. Um, I do have to say kudos to the author for the intricacies of how things work in this world because some of the limitations mm -hmm. are hilarious. <laughs> so for instance, they go to like a fairy red light place to, you know, have some sex with some fairies. But they have sparkles, as in like lights who that are, are actually blurring their boobs and their other private parts. And the guys are like, you know, that's kind of a turnoff. And they're like, we can't control this. It's synced with the moon. And at some point in the cycle, it gets so bright that people can't see them. <laughs> so take it while you can, boys. Wow. And it's just like, oh my gosh. But if you think about it from the business point of view, a lot of these girls know how to take advantage of the fact that the guys pretty much think with their little heads instead of their actual heads. Oh, dear. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're ha they have different... Um, species in there so the guys are human an elf they have like various guest appearances and they actually do write reviews at the end of each chapter so don't <laughs> don't skip the little fine print because that makes it even better um my favorite character is Krim, who is a fallen angel and he fell and broke his halo so he can't go back to heaven until he gets this thing fixed so that's why he's fallen. It hasn't been really explained. <laughs> and needless to say, he has met up with Stunk, who is the human, and Zell, who is the elf. And they're like, we need to introduce you to things. And they, they kind of corrupt poor Krim. Um, I don't think he's going back to heaven, even if he fixes his, his halo at this point. <laughs> but he's, he's the innocent little naive kid that they take to all these places and occasionally... He really enjoys himself, but he's embarrassed to admit that he enjoys himself. And yeah, so some of the other places, they went to um, a succubus place where you have to give yourself like two weeks worth of recovery because those girls don't know when to quit. Oh God. Yeah, they, <laughs> they go to, oh gosh, what are some other places? There, there was like a witch one in volume two, I believe. But after all of this stupid, red light district oriented stuff that has no point whatsoever besides being overly crude and lewd and not caring. Uh, there's actually a like minuscule bit of plot. Uh, in the second volume, it's revealed that they, there is a uh, quote unquote villain who is after Krim for reasons. <laughs> because he's a fallen angel, so she can get special stuff from him, yeah. Interpret that as you will, because this is this is something I should not admit to liking. I really shouldn't. It it's it's so stupid. It's hilarious. I just yeah, I like it. Go read it. Don't blame me if you like it. Not my fault. <laughs> not my fault. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So Excellent. that that's the one thing I'm brave enough to admit, even though I shouldn't. <laughs> really oh, so there's even more messed up stuff is what you're saying. Not as messed up as this. <laughs> I, I, went, I was like, if we're going in, I'm going all in. Nice. Yeah. So there is uh, two volumes out. A third one is up for pre-order on the site. Just saying. All right. I'm going to stop um, now. <laughs> I'll go ahead and go next. Mine are a bit more on the tame side. <laughs> I like stupid stuff, but I also like stuff that's just like, 
a little simple. Like, for one thing, like, the one of the shows I like, right? Like, the two new shows I like this season are both very thin on character depth. Uh, like, it's just an isekai with a pro wrestler and a show about girls playing board games. That's what I'm watching this season, because my tastes are simple, and we've talked about those already. <laughs> but um, one of the shows that sort of fits that mold, it's from the early 2000s, it is called X-Driver. It was a six-episode OVA and then a movie, mm-hmm. and it's a near future, and the idea is the world now has driverless cars. Uh, nobody really owns a car anymore. You just sort of summon a service, a car rolls up, you get in, and it takes you to where you're going. But there are still a lot of problems with this system because cars will sometimes just go rogue. So they'll go too fast, they won't take the corners, and possibly even crash if the AI isn't feeling super friendly about it. Oh, no. Not saying the AI has any choice here. So, so what you're so, saying is that watch out Tesla drivers. Exactly. <laughs> Tesla is previewing X Driver. But so to handle that, they actually have a special team called X Driver, which is weird because they are the ones that actually drive. But uh, they get access to these sweet cars that are old relics, which are actually just modern cars. Mm-hmm. And they have a technique where they will pursue the out of control cars. And they have like little glue guns they can shoot on the sensors of the cars to sort of be like, oh, we don't know where we're at. Automatically hit the emergency brake, just stop. Mm. And shut down the system. And they're real cars. Um, The lead character of the series is like a 13-year-old boy Hmm. or something like that. That uh, He drives like an old school Lotus 7. Um, and one of the girls, she drives a Subaru Impreza, and I'm blanking on the third one because I have not watched it in a while. Woo, Subaru! But, uh, yeah, yeah. Some... I don't drive one of those. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> We're not endorsing any automakers yeah. here. But uh, I've, I've always been a little bit of a borderline motorhead. I, I used to watch Top Gear a lot. I love the Forza Horizon video game series. And so cool cars are kind of my jam every now and then. And this scratches that itch. There's a super thin plot to it because there's like oh an evil conspiracy to take down the cars by making them all go crazy oh Oh, and also like the three x drivers are all teenagers so of course they're all in high school together (laughs) but uh it's it's simple but there's not a lot of it to complain about story depth so you just get in you enjoy the story and you get out Mm. and then the other series i wanted to talk about today is another early 2000s one that i enjoyed a lot and it is called Vandred. And the concept behind this one, it's the distant future. Um, humanity, at some point, split between men and women. They went off, built their own societies, and now have like a war against each other. Nobody is, like, men have not seen women for thousands of years, and vice versa. So they have these propaganda films of these hulking monsters called women that are coming to tear <laughs> down our society. <laughs> And so there's a conflict where a few like fighter pilots on the male side and a battleship on the female side are fighting each other and randomly they just get grabbed and dumped to a different part of the universe. And so they, the women end up capturing the men and they're like, oh, you're not that messed up. You look a little weird compared to us, but otherwise you're fine. Uh, but then they are faced with an extra an, an, an extra stellar threat uh, an alien race that is 
very weird. They, there's, there's no contact or anything. It seems to be just like masses of polygons would be the best way to describe them are trying to take all of them out at once. And they are forced to work together, and they find out that the, the mecha that the men are using and the jet pilots that the women are using just happen to be able to dock together to make a super powerful mech. Because the men fly, fly van ships, and the women fl uh, pilot dreads. I might be getting the robots and the ships mixed. It's been a while. Mm. But they dock together to make a van dread, and that turns out to be the perfect item to fight these enemies. And so there's fighting off against aliens. There's a lot of sort of Tenchi style, uh, like harem humor comedy stuff going on because mm. it's just three guys on a ship of all women and they all kind of crush. It's a little heteronormative, so you, you sort of feel bad about that where it's just like, oh, we've never seen a man. Of course we're attracted to it, but it's still a fun one. show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, mate, so. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that that's another one of my guilty pleasures, and it's uh, Studio Gonzo, so it, mm. it's oh. got some really pretty CG graphics to it. Nice. So pretty cool series, if you ask me. Yeah. All right, Will. All right, well, I mean, I've already admitted to uh, watching Banania, so like, I'm trying to think of like other <laughs> other guilty pleasures I could possibly come up with. Um, <clears throat> well, one one that I do like a bit I guess is uh, Clannad ah. <laughs> see now this is the one. part where we should have brought Thomas here he would have been like duh oh yeah no, <laughs> no he, I, I don't think he likes that no, show no he doesn't like it <laughs> no and like I, I do like like it's weird to say like it's a guilty pleasure because a lot of people seem to really like that show yeah mm -hmm. uh, but it's like it's the closest thing to it be like something that I don't say that I like yeah, all too yeah. often I mean, I, but I mean, even compared to some of the hype, I feel like it's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, starting a war. No. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's like, oh, God, those eyes. <laughs> but yeah. they're pretty big. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, and like, some, like, you have fan art of people, like, drawing, like, what the skulls of, like, the characters would look like. Oh, no, like. no. <laughs> like, you do don't, need. don't, don't, don't look those up. <laughs> don't look those up. It's not good. So what is, like, the actual... <clears throat> Plot of Clannad? That's the thing. There really isn't there much isn't of a plot. There isn't one? Oh. <laughs> so, it's got like how many I was about to say, it's based off of a visual yeah, novel. Yeah, a visual novel, right? Oh. Yeah. yeah, like key, they're like one of the big names of visual novels, I guess. Mm. Mm. But I mean, I guess the the initial plot is that it focuses on this guy named Tomoyo, and he's a delinquent, he's a no, he's a no good guy who acts like a good guy the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like he ends up uh, running into this girl named Nagisa and she wants to start the drama club because it's mm. something she's always wanted to do and so he's like okay I'll help you recruit these uh, recruit people and so it's about him and Nagisa trying to recruit these people who all end up being women or like teen teenage high school girls who all have their own <laughs> central problem that only Tomoyo can help solve. Of course. So it's pretty much that for like the entire like t first twenty episodes or so. Because huh. it's like they don't even found the club until like the last two episodes of the show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it's like it's not really about him recruiting recruiting people for a drama club. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I guess if it's based on a visual novel too, it's probably more focused on the girls than him because uh -huh. usually those main characters don't have a deep personality because you're supposed to be playing them. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's a good guy or a bad guy who's a good guy because they got a good guy player who can't 
answer the wrong way. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But like he does have some character development, which is actually really good. Oh, good. Um, I, that's what I think I enjoy the most. Is that like out like there's like fifty episodes and all. So you got the first half, which is like exclusively all in high school, and then you got the second half, which is where him and Agista go into adulthood. They get into like romance and marriage and like having a child and oh. stuff like that. Oh, so wow. yeah, so you pretty much get to see him grow for like a good five or ten years huh. and how he changes from that time. And it's actually really interesting to see him change over over the course of the show. That's something I always like in the series, when you actually get to see character development, not just be like, oh, show's on. It's just like, what happened to them? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Get, to see what, you get to see what happens. Huh. And, yeah, yeah it can't get sad. Uh, I, could see, I, I could see Thomas here being like, you mean it gets manipulative? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah, it does. It does get manipulative. Like, it, it goes for the cheap tactics to get you to, get you to cry. Uh-huh. <laughs> But, like, there are some genuinely moving moments in there that are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wish the female characters had more depth. This is the show that really, like, cemented the presence of Mo, of Moe, in Moe and anime. Yeah. So it's, like, all the interesting girls are, like, side characters and all the... <laughs> but, like, you yeah. get, like, characters like Katomi, which, are, which have really interesting backstories and have, like, actual, like, good arcs in them. Mm. So it's interesting to see like when they used to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's also some supernatural elements that feel really inserted. Like one of the girls they end up helping is actually a, a, a pseudo ghost. Oh, I have heard that. Yeah. And like, it's like I don't know why it's there, but it's there. Mm. But there are like there are also these like beautiful moments where there's also like a kind of like a a sideways plot going on between this girl and her building a robot <laughs> in like this apocalyptic grassland or whatever it's actually oh, really weird. good it's easily the best parts of the, the best parts of the show are like <laughs> the, those five minute snippets you get huh. because it it's also a very symbolic view of how of Tomoyo and how as the robot guy and how Nagisa, who's represented by the girl or whatever, and how he changes, and it, and it plays out in that scenario, and I think it's a really beautiful thing that they were able to do with that. Hmm. Very interesting. Like, yeah, like, hearing about that little side story, I had no clue there was, like, a girl and robot plot in the show, and it doesn't really fit in, but... <laughs> yeah. No, no, it doesn't fit in, but, it, it, like, it fits the emotional arc of the show that... Hmm. <laughs> The actual show doesn't really do much of. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like like a more maudlin version of the uh, the robot in uh, Nietzsche Joe, mm-hmm. a little bit. I was thinking Nietzsche Joe while you were explaining the robot part. I'm like, yeah. we just go Nietzsche Joe on this. Oh man. Yeah. Tell me when one of the girls suplexes a deer. Uh, sadly, no. <laughs> uh, there's this cute like uh, baby p- mini pig, mini pig, mini boy. Oh man. He goes baby like pig. and it's he, really cute. <laughs> Yep, that's of course. Thing, so, so yeah, those are some of our sh- guilty pleasure. We 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 opened ourselves up. Yep, be and kind. So, uh, but if you want to open <laughs> us up to your own guilty pleasures, let us know. You can reach us at our email address. Let me see if I can not botch this like Thomas does almost every week. <laughs> We're gonna go for it. Is rspodcast at rightstuff.com. You got it. Oh, what all day first try. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm new host now forever and ever. <laughs> <laughs>
Nah, but anyway, uh, before we wrap things up, let's talk about some of the stuff we've got going on mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks before uh, we leave. Uh, first up, we've got our fall simulcast weekly specials coming up. Yes! So uh, all the new shows that you're enjoying now, you can grab the manga previous seasons of anime that's already out. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool like merch that ties in with that. So if there's something you've been seeing now that you really enjoy, check our website out. We're going to have some great deals coming up soon. Yep, and coming up tomorrow for the Got Anime members, we're teasing this one. It will be a Got Anime sale exclusively for our members. So if you are not a GA member, you can become one and take advantage of the sale if it's not already running, Which, in which case make sure to call in and get that GA membership going <laughs> before you order anything or it's not going to work, guys. Please. Yes, please. Yeah, save, just, save our four customers. We're trying to help you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All you got to do is search Got Anime on the website, pay for it, and then sign back in and... Get some great deals. Yeah. yeah. So that is exclusive to our GA members. It is a one day only. So make sure to take advantage of that as well as the full simulcast, which has great stuff on it as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we as a team are gearing up to get on the road again. I'm, I'm missing out on this one, but we got some folks headed to Omaha for Anime Nebraska. Nebraska! This one. Oh, go ahead, Will. No, you I've always liked that name. It's like, because, you know, it's the K and then yeah. the on. It works. It does. <laughs> Very clever for them. Mm-hmm. So, so definitely, folks in that area, come out and see us. We're excited to meet you as always. Yep. It's so fun when we get to see the people that uh, we provide stuff for and talk to them about the business and stuff like that. So hopefully we'll get to see you there at Nebraska. But in the meantime, it is time for us to get back to work. So we're wrapping up this episode of the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. Like I said earlier, if you want to reach out to us, uh, email us at uh, rspodcast at rightstuff.com. And I mean, you found the, the podcast, but just to be safe, it's one F in stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's something I always feel like we need to point out because we spell it a little bit special around here. And if you're wondering <laughs> why, check out the history of Right Stuff on our webpage. It's at the very bottom. Oh yeah, some cool stuff there. Yep. Um, be sure to check out our blogs and things like that. We've <laughs> always got some uh, cool reviews. Like I'm working on the one for another novel coming up here in mm-hmm. just about a week. And we are reading stuff all the time and giving mm-hmm. you some great suggestions there. So be sure to check that out as well. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you've got to be going. So uh, thanks a lot for listening, folks. Uh, we, we've been joking around here that uh, this is a semi-weekly podcast that comes out every three weeks or so. But <laughs> hopefully it'll be just two weeks before you hear from us again. So uh, yep. I've been Chris. I've been Will. I'm Quinn. I don't know why I'm signing <laughs> off like this. It's not what we usually do. But anyway, that's it for this week's edition of the Right Stuff Online Podcast. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll hear from you next time. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Right Stuff Anime. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions or comments to rspodcast at rightstuff.com and we might just answer them in a future episode. That's rspodcast at rightstuff.com.